0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Louisa. How's it going today?
1: It's going great. How are you today?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Like we were talking earlier, just a busy day at work. And yes, that's all we're going to talk about. That's all we're going to bring up about that. Just busy. But it's fun. I enjoy it. So I guess it's not really work. I, isn't that the saying, if you enjoy what you're doing, it's, you're not really working.
1: I think so. You know what? I think that's the aspiration in life. Cause you got to have money, right? Yep. But as long as you like it and you can say that you're happy with yourself and go to bed with yourself, happy then.
2: Yeah. But you got to complain
1: about, you know,
0: right. A hundred percent agreed. <laughs> so, um, First off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you. I've been listening to your music all day. I'm really excited to jump in and talk about your new music you got getting ready to release and our new music that you released and then like all your future projects. Um, But before we kind of jump into all that, uh, what's your background? What got you into music?
1: Okay, so I don't have the typical linear story, like I was singing since I was three, that's really actually not what happened. Um, at first I was a dancer and I would say my love for music first came from ballet. And my mother was an excellent pianist who learned as an adult. So she would play Scott Joplin around the house. And then my dad was always playing records. So I was, and my grandmother could sing like Doris Day and I grew up next to her. So I had music around me, but I wasn't necessarily singing. And then I was in sixth grade at a sleepover and there was like karaoke, right? That was the thing. I'm a millennial. So I think we were, I don't know if we were doing, I can't remember. One of them was, you know, Destiny's Child, "Bootylicious," which is hilarious that we were like 12 year olds. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I, I sang and my friend was like, you sound like a Disney princess. It was like the most funny thing. And that like just clicked something inside of me. And then um, my cousin gave me, A cracked version of Fruity Loops, which is now Florida Studio. And I started like producing stuff. And then at 12, at my talent show, I made the most awful self made production and song and performed it. (laughs) It was called Extraordinary. And then from there, I felt like I just went and I was taking my stuff around town. Just trying to make shows for myself. Like once, once the bug is in you, like you can't get it out. It, it's like you have to scratch it the rest of your life. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I, sorry, I. You brought up Bootylicious and <laughs> school, and I just a million flashbacks of me in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and every girl in my school singing that song
1: must be the same age
0: (laughs) and it's like thinking back on it it's like hmm that's interesting not
1: appropriate (laughs) like it's not a bad song like I understand it I'm very much into females empowerment but um now that I look back at it like I'm like oh my gosh like I can't believe we were singing that at 12.
0: (laughs) You know it's I don't know why this story just popped into my mind. I completely forgot about it. Um, In eighth grade, we had to give a presentation about World War II, and we were allowed to do whatever we wanted. And at the time was when uh, uh, Survivor was like huge. Uh, So like uh, Destiny's Child Survivor. And this group of girls did a radio show dedicated to all the active troop. Like they, they did it in like during world war two times, but they played this song and like, just thinking back about it, it's
2: like
0: it made <laughs> no sense, but it was amazing at the same time. So
1: I think I sang that on the announcements in seventh grade. I don't know why I did. For some reason I was singing on like, I have like blurred memories because I did a lot of stuff but I'm one of those people that once I got out of high school I feel like I kind of like blocked it off <laughs> like I don't remember a lot
0: <laughs> um, I was very much the same once I got out of high school it was like okay done move on to the next phase of my life I'm good Cut
1: off that segment. we're going on to the next yeah <laughs> yep,
0: pretty much so um as you started kind of going through your musical journey Mm -hmm. and just kind of exploring what type of music you wanted to perform and write. You kind of touched on this with Destiny's Child, but who were you listening to influentially?
1: Well, definitely them, just because I was so enthralled with their vocal production. Like, I'm really big into harmonies and sax and layers, but it's really kind of bizarre because it's such a weird mix, which is why I think that, I'm so different as an yes. artist and sometimes that's a struggle sometimes it's a superpower and so I loved of course the pop records on the radio Rihanna I'm trying to think Christina Aguilera who didn't you know all of that but my parents were older my mom and dad didn't have me until so they were you know close to 40 39 mm-hmm. so I listened to a lot of older music like I loved um Simon and Garfunkel Like, and I, you know, that was an influence and that's kind of strange. And then my sisters got into J-pop. Crystal K, I loved her. Um, Nami Moodle, like I loved their music. It was so like musical, but still had really cool sounds. There was this song Fish by M-Flow. Like, so I have a really weird kind of, and of course my grandmother singing big band. Like she really could sing like Doris Day. And yeah. um, Judy Garland, her voice was gorgeous. So it's it was weird. So it kind of became this weird jazz, pop, RB, folk hybrid. <laughs> yeah. it's like 50 things at once. So it makes me very versatile. But sometimes like you're like, where do I fit?
0: You know? yeah. I mean, it's always really good to have that versatility as far as different influences, because that's how you become open-minded and you know just and pull from different different things like I mean you you brought up all the different influences you had but I think a lot of really good musicians have that similar story where uh, like country artists their parents were really into like the old school country Merle Haggard you know just like name any of the like iconic country bands and but then they had that offbeat friend that was really into like punk rock or hip-hop or pop I mean I you love
1: that too like bullet yeah. by valentine like tears don't fall like I love that like his vocal power like it's so bizarre and Dolly Parton okay I have a I stand for Dolly Parton like I love her. <laughs> and I do not sing country <laughs> but she just her her tone her clarity Linda Etter like <laughs> I, I'm very much into vocal prowess too so yeah. if you can make me weep and flip your voice in a way that I've never heard, I'm going to like be enthralled because it's an instrument. So, you know, that's, that's what influences me a lot, all kinds of stuff, everything.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, um, as far as like moving forward, I know you at some one point you kind of took a break from music.
1: Oh yeah. Um, definitely did. So, Like I said, my, my story isn't typical Mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel like it's, it's a a mental health hindrance, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important to talk about. But so I ended up after high school, like I really wanted to go to school for music and I was one of the smart kids, you know, my dad was like, no, no, no. You're not going to live in a box. And I respect fully his assertion towards that now that I'm older because I do think it would have eaten me alive (laughs) because I was way too green and naive, but I, you know, I went and I actually got married really young. I had a child young and I got into fitness. I always loved dance. I was a dancer for 14 years and I ended up becoming a personal trainer. I was going to become a pro bodybuilder. I was like in the gym with all of that. And I had a few like really traumatizing experiences with music, like on TV, embarrassing, and we'll just leave that in the past. <laughs> and it was like, so oh,
0: no after bring that, it up then.
1: yeah, and after that, you're like, okay, this is not for me. I love it, but it's not for me. And then like I sang for my husband's homecoming, um, he's in the Navy, for the skipper wanted me to sing. Um, what was it? Was it God Bless America? It was one of those. And that was kind of like a reigniting thing. I was like, Oh my gosh, I really do love this. And I got Lyme disease and I became homebound periods of bedridden knot. And it kind of like woke me up because I could barely sing. I struggled with dysphonia, like Shania Twain mm-hmm. um, getting air. I'd almost pass out. It was crazy. And to have that happen is, you know, everything that you've kept and suppressed down comes to light and you're like, what am I doing? Like, this is what I really want to do with my life. Like I love business. I still yeah. personal train right now, but it's not my passion. Here's a plane. See here. Yeah. <laughs> See it's dramatic effect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that the Zo- like all the cool features that zoom has, it was going to cue it right. Or like, um, uh, compress it right out. But,
1: no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's
0: all good. It It's all good. That's, that's what I love about this podcast. It's real and it's uncut. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so then, so kind of dealing with all that, that's kind of why you decided to take a break or you were forced to take a break?
1: So no, like dealing with the uh, feeling super embarrassed and self-conscious and then just feeling like um, I wasn't good enough. I've really constantly constantly dealt with that I still deal with that today and um but getting the Lyme disease like really realigned me and mm-hmm. made me realize that how silly I was to you know ignore an innate gift and desire
2: yeah
1: and so then I ended up getting back into it so, but the break was kind of like self chosen and mm-hmm. getting sick was Actually, how I healed, like I would go and smule it's this app now. I'm addicted to Boise, by the way. That's just my plug. So, you guys want to sponsor it? I'm joking. I
0: saw that on your Instagram. (laughs) We were going to get into that because I've never heard of that app before.
1: Oh my gosh, it's amazing!
0: (laughs) But I had heard of Smule, like I had done Smule in the past. But okay,
1: Smule, it's its own thing and I respect it. But Boise, man, that's where it's at this thing it's like this dog tsunami came from Boise okay, okay. yeah <laughs> so i could i could talk forever but um it i just would go in the closet and i would there would be like a tight beat on there and i would just sing with my my headphones because i was just feeling so bad and no matter if i slept i couldn't escape my symptoms nobody could figure out what was wrong with me and so just like i would just go and sing and sing and sing and it got me through and it was very isolating because i couldn't drive a car Like I, I had, um, a clinical diagnosis of encephalitis, which is brain swelling. So like my whole life went like, I could have been sicker. Absolutely. But that was enough.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. And then, um, once you kind of got back, so, uh, not smule, but voicey was kind of the vehicle that helped you find your,
1: it was actually, or
0: was it, it was smule?
1: No. And then, um. So I just kind of like was talking to my husband after, it's, oh my gosh, this sounds like some movie now that I'm saying it aloud. So my dad, um, he was my second parent to pass. He passed in 2017 from um, acute myeloid leukemia. And it's funny because, you know, I told you how he wasn't thrilled with me going to school for music and acute myeloid leukemia most people die within like a week of diagnosis. It's really fast. It's really abrupt and sudden. We got two months with him. And so there was a lot of healing that went on when he was in hospice. And one of the last conversations we ever had was he said, why did you never do anything with music? You could have knocked me over with mm-hmm. like breath because I was like, here I am thinking for years that you were so disappointed that I didn't like become some engineer or something like mm-hmm. that, but you wanted me... To continue music and my last present one from him was a looper because i was starting to gig with a friend and then mm-hmm. he went into the hospital yeah and so then I kind of like was also a shift and then i took some of my um mistress i took that it came from a smule and i i brought it to a producer and I was like hey this is my melody line and he knows night and i just like kind of got it and I'm like hey listen spell around this. Let's make it weird. Like I totally wanted to go full weird. I've since kind of dialed it back, but yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I got into it. I know it's like very. I don't know. That seems very like a storybook. Now that I kind of hear it aloud, you know. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> but it, not to divert the attention. I had a very similar. Really, situation with my like I'm not a musician. I, I'm gonna just put that out on uh, out there. But um, my mom passed away not too long ago from cancer, and for the yeah. longest time, going through school and like the early parts of my career, it was, hey, that's cool, but don't give up your career because this is gonna make your your money. Like and it was always stay or not stay safe, but make sure you have your money income coming. And it was coming a point where she thought that like the podcast and all the live and amplified stuff was like just a hobby. And then uh, about a week or two before she passed away, one of the very last conversations that we had while she was still kind of aware what what was going on because she had pancreatic cancer. So um, she told me, whatever you do in this life, don't give up on your passion.
1: I understand that, and yeah. I know how that affected you because I know how it affected me when my dad said that. So yeah. I'm glad that the universe has brought us together. Yeah, Two people not giving up because there's a reason for it. You yeah. know, and when people get closer to death, they, I think they know things that we don't know. Yeah. You know? I think they're like, I'm one of those people. I think they just know things from the world that we can't possibly grasp in our mortality yet.
0: Yep absolutely and like one of the things that really touched me was so when we found out so it was like three months from when we found out she had cancer Mm -hmm. until she passed away and so luckily I had a job that allowed me to go be with her and be with my family while she kind of went through chemo and we kind of find out figured out what was going to happen or the ultimate and Mm -hmm. was going to be and I was canceling my podcast. Like for those three months, I'd canceled about 90% of my podcast. Cause it was just like, yo, I'm working, I'm trying to help her. And, you know, just like that third thing kept pulling for me. And when I would do a podcast, she would sit there and just listen to me. Like I'd be in the bedroom and she'd be sitting in the living room. She'd have the TV down way low. Cause my dad would be like asleep and she just sit there and listen to me and then she'd ask me questions cuz she couldn't quite hear what everything was going on and it was just like wow really and she's yeah, so
1: it's weird isn't it like it's so bizarre and then it's not that you're living for your parents mm-hmm. but and whenever you've grown up, and I think it's also, I don't know what generation American you are, but it's almost kind of like an immigrant mindset, mm-hmm. um, like very much work hard. My dad was a mill worker and, you know, all of my great grandparents, except maybe one down the line were like fresh here, came over at 15 years old. And even my mother's dad was born in another country. Yeah. So everyone was very fresh and very like rough and tough, you know, yeah. you just must yeah. work hard no matter what sacrifice and just worry about food on the table. And there's not passions and things. It's mm-hmm. priorities, priorities. And
0: yep. That's exactly and- how I grew up. Uh,
1: you said I don't Polish.
0: know. <laughs> I don't know what generation uh, came over, but I think it was my dad's grandparents. They came over from Poland. Mm-hmm. That, that would make the most sense because there's my grandpa had a brother that was still over there so you know i think that would obviously make the most sense but like my grandpa was an electrician for the there's a huge steel mill in the uh like the area
1: it's so similar <laughs> yeah, there
0: is, uh, inland steel so i'm sure yeah. yeah um and so my grandpa was an electrician for that so mm-hmm. he went around and did electrician electrician things um and then my dad he was supposed to go there but he and start working for them but he became a pilot oh wow and so he kind of broke away and my grandmother had a lot of pressure on me to become oh you got to stay in south chicago you can't leave if you're not working at the mill yeah you're not you're not Anything, you know. So,
2: so, yeah. so familiar.
0: <laughs> I mean, being from you're you're from Pittsburgh, right?
1: Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that,
0: you know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: So much that so, well, the steel industry, and so much so that like there was literally like segregation of churches with like this, there was still so much fresh immigrants, like you know, there's the Lithuanians here, the Italians here, and um Slovaks and yeah you know, and of course there's more uh, ancestry than that, but like those are the main things. And there I, I did, like I noticed as I got older and I moved away, I, you know, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a while. Now I'm here in Virginia beach and it's just like the difference in <laughs> the sure. mindset. And I mean, I do, I'm glad that I've gotten out of there and I was away from it, but I do miss sometimes that, you know, I don't know that kind of mindset and such. I, like I understand full why my dad, said what he did and I'm grateful for it mm-hmm. sometimes you know I get a little like oh man if I had just done this when I was younger because I recorded my first song officially at 15 yeah and I was on a college tv show at 16 and like I was wondering like how it could have gone but I just wasn't the time you know and it but it sometimes it makes me wonder
0: yeah um you brought up Jacksonville
1: mm-hmm. what did you
0: think of living in Jacksonville
1: not for me not Not for me um it felt very foreign it was too hot (laughs) it was too hot coming from pittsburgh which has more cloudy days than seattle okay and no i don't like that um and it was just different but some of the best people that i i love the most in life i met there some have since moved on some still live in the general vicinity, but I met friends for life there. So, and it, it opened my eyes to how people can live differently. Mm-hmm. And I needed to see some things that I was sheltered from in Pittsburgh's area. Yeah. So overall, I'm grateful for it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, cause I move around, I move around a lot. So I, my dad was in, in Jacksonville for a little bit and Uh so I would go visit him I lived in Tallahassee Florida for a couple of years and so I would go visit him and I didn't mind Jacksonville I think like if I were to give it a full like try I wouldn't hate it right Um, you know it's like a small enough city that it's a big enough city to give me everything I needed, but it's a small enough city to not be overwhelming. If that makes sense.
1: It's just like spread out housing and shopping like everywhere. (laughs) And um, I think I miss like the Springs and I miss like there would be, we lived on base and which was gorgeous. And Mm -hmm. it was like Stepford wives community. (laughs) And, you know, and I had my network of friends, the gym was there and, there were the manatees that would come up from the river. And like, that was so cool. And we had an alligator that the children named Mr. Chompy. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I do miss that. That, that was cool. But you know, it wouldn't be the same if I was there now. A lot of my friends have moved on and yeah. you know, there's yeah. a couple that aren't, but it just wouldn't yeah. be the same.
0: That, that's how it is for me in Chicago. Like I, I, every week I get asked by somebody if I'm if I would ever consider moving back. And it's like, it's not the same. I go back. I went back for my mom's funeral. It wasn't the same. I went, I go back for pretty much all the major holidays and it's never the same. And it's just like,
1: it's kind of sad to after you've lost everybody, like it's like triggering,
2: right?
1: (laughs) Like you're there and you're like, Oh, and then other people are having family events and you're like, you're in your feelings.
0: (laughs) Well, It's that. And then like, I go there and I start picking up on stuff that I'd never noticed before, <laughs> like just how depressed everyone is and just how stuck in their ways. Ah. So like I'll go and visit. I, when I go to town, I go visit, I used to work at a bowling alley and everybody that I worked with about half of them still work there. And we're talking back in 2007. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good minute and 15, 14, 15 years later, they still work there so that just kind of gives you the mindset of all of it
1: they're Uh, okay with that what's that some people are okay with that yeah and and they want that but like i've always like felt like oh no like i heard that there was some like possible people that moved around a lot i don't want to say necessarily like a term like they use the term loosely gypsy like and in my heritage. And I feel like that's in my blood. Like, I just like, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I should be somewhere else right now.
0: (laughs) And that's, and so, um, so I went back and I started noticing stuff and I was sitting there just looking at somebody I looked up to as a kid and he's just sitting there. He's got this look on his face. Like at any minute he could eat a bullet, just like Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, just that look on his face. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I uh, one of my buddies that I was hanging out with, I was like, was I always this depressed when I worked here or just like this, like, did I look like this? And he's like, yeah, this, this was you 15 years ago. And I'm like,
2: Mm -hmm. wow.
0: And it just kind of put it all into perspective Mm because, you know, I was 20 years old, had no, no future. No, like I was at a community college, you know? So it was, Yeah. so not to we took a real random left turn there but that's fine i love it Um, so you released uh tsunami at the beginning of the month correct yeah Mm -hmm. i was thrown off because i it said a pre-save link and i was like oh i'm pre-saving it and then
1: so maybe i forgot to change that
0: It happens. Um,
1: indie life, guys. Okay, this is indie artist when you don't have your team yet. Okay. <laughs>
0: you no, know, it is one hundred percent fine. Like I was sitting there, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then it said, "Play it." And I'm like, um.
1: i testing you." Okay.
0: <laughs> and so I hit play, and then I look, and I'm like, "Oh, I just found an old like." I'm sorry. Yeah. So. I'm
1: sorry. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but uh, so, what, what's the uh, story behind Tsunami?
1: So it's funny, it's not like some grand, amazing story, like like other songs that I have to come, okay, you know. Um, the story behind this one is, I've been hearing so many times that I should make a voicey yeah. a song because most of those are freestyles, no lie. And so I, I was going through and I'm friends with the producer, krisha Price. Um, like, well, not friends, but you know, like I've become acquainted with. Yeah. And it's funny because- I admire so many producers on there and I get so enthralled. And I'm just like, he and I'll freestyle usually to the title, not every time. And it's yeah. called Tsunami. So I'm like, come in and that's like a Tsunami. And it just like starts coming out. And I'm like, oh. And I was like really feeling myself at the time, like I was feeling really pretty and really sexy. And I was like, I felt, I felt like really like coming into my divine feminine. And that's something that's been really repressed in myself. And I really wanted to kind of bring it about. And I was like, you know, I, I still i am a person that dances around words and I do illusions. So yeah. that's where I shine. And so I just felt like I wanted to make a, okay, because I turned 30 this year, like a, a sexy song. <laughs> and that's the story. <laughs> it's just like, it's so not exciting. But it, it was just one of those things where I just, and I freestyle the hook. And then I was like, hmm. And I, oh. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, I like this. I like this. And I just went with it. And I was just like, what do I say here? Oh, take a line from this other song that I did. And that was like, come and taste this rainbow. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to go full on. Yeah. I don't even care. You know, I'm 30. I earned it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh,
0: is, is that this isn't usually how you write music, right? This was just like a completely in the moment. You're feeling it.
1: Yeah. So I'm changing my style. So like, Mistress came from Smule. I have other songs for an EP that's more, I'm probably just gonna drop 244, more cinematic music that I wanted to do for sync. Like, I think this is where yeah. the diversity comes in. I use some of my classical voice training mm-hmm. in there. And um, a lot of times, cause I have played piano growing up, um, I'll just sit at the piano and I, it's basic chords, but I hear chords and I just start like, start playing and singing. and Then I take it to the studio, you know? And um, this time, I've been working with a songwriting team called The Playbook Music, all really amazing musicians in there. And I've learned a whole new way to write because of how they they start with the hook usually, not always. And top line, I'm, I'm often like the top liner, which is the melody. Mm-hmm. Um, and for shopping demos for artists. And it's kind of cool to take all the different parts and put them together. So like it, it was, it's been fun. Like um, I'm liking not, caring so much and not really worrying about it. And because I was so the EP music is talking a lot about like my line journey and traumas and things. And this is more so like, I want to do some fun music. So I have that and I have Love Me, which will be coming soon. Um, and that is an anthem to and it's a lot, of, somebody called it the hashtag song because of the lines that I put in there. Like just to just, just be like, you know, like you don't Give any care anymore? You want to fully love yourself because that's something I struggle with. So it's like, you know, it's just supposed to be an anthem to yourself. So I want to have like the serious, the more artistic, and the fun. Yeah. Like I want to do it all. Like I'm way too motivated that I get stuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, but hey, that's a good. That's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you get so motivated that it's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this, and then before you know it, you got like twenty projects on your plate. That's me like, right
1: now. And what's that song called? It's called "All I Want Is Everything." Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's me. Like I've never not known what I wanted to do. I've always known. And I see and I dream so big that yeah. it's almost too big.
0: <laughs> I, I've actually lost several friends and work acquaintances because I dream so big. Yeah. Uh, I end up having to drop certain projects because it's like, oh, when do I have time? To- I need to sleep at some point. When do I have time to do this? And, and
1: then, then you get overwhelmed. And yeah. that's something I'm, I'm really trying to work on this year, like, and, get, and not overthink the process. I'm a perfectionist, which is really um, not a great trait to have. And that's yeah. no disrespect to anyone that has that, but it's, it makes you, it blocks your blessings and it blocks your creativity and talent. Yeah
2: you yeah,
0: know i have the i have the same issue i was talking to uh one of our news producers at work about it the other day i was like because we're working on a big uh fundraising special for the children's miracle network
1: yeah i'm missing those things. <laughs>
0: um and so uh this is my first time producing something like to this magnitude like a four wow. half hour spectacle and the i was talking to the uh, like the technical producer that's going to lay it out and make sure we're not doing things the wrong way. Um, and I was like, look, if it doesn't turn out exactly like this and I laid out all the parameters, it doesn't matter if we sit here and raise a hundred thousand dollars, I'm going to think it's a failure. And he's like, uh, he just looked at me dumbfounded cause he didn't know what to say. And he, I'm like, look, I'm a, the worst critic on myself.
1: Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> if, one, if, if this animation, if in block F going into break, if this animation doesn't play correctly, the entire thing's a waste. Like it it's not good. You
1: know?
0: Yeah, so that's just me. And I get like,
2: that. Thank do
0: <laughs> And it, it's one of those things where I have learned from myself. Like I'll go back to a project that I did two years ago that I thought was a failure at the time and I'll go and watch it and I'll completely forget why I thought it was a failure.
1: You know, And you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like yeah. this came from me. Like, yeah. and that's not, that's not narcissism. That's, that's realizing your gifts, you know, because when you're in it, I do this constantly and I, yeah. especially with my vocals, I'm such a perfectionist with my vocals. Um, I hear the slightest failure in a run. Like I love runs and I, I'll i just like, I'm like, oh no, my placement wasn't good and nobody else cares. Yeah. It's only me. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm just so blocking myself sometimes. And that's the thing, that's the journey. And I feel like there's a lot of issues around releasing love me. And I feel like it was the universe. And so now it's like, okay, it's, you know, I'm actually punching a vocal for it next week because I hear the thing. And I then I saw like an interview by one of my favorite artists. And she said she re-recorded her one song that makes me weep like four times on yeah. the album that she put so I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know, like I didn't do all that. Like, you know, and I I just realized though that I do the same thing and it's so frustrating. But I don't know, but that also will make you never settle and you'll keep yeah. better,
0: but it's all, I've come to learn. It's all about perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once you kind of, this is something that I've started practicing on over the last few weeks. And I'm really hoping this project that I'm working on will give me the opportunity to kind of put it in full force and just be like, see mm-hmm. if it works or not. But when I find myself saying, this isn't right, or this isn't what I want, or this doesn't look good. And, but everybody else is saying, no, it looks amazing. Then I need to change my perspective. Like, right. I'm, I'm looking at it too closely.
1: You have to realize too, because as an artist, and I think that's a form of art, um, yeah. it's, you're a vessel. Yeah. And even if you don't want to be, you are gifted that lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like That's what you are. Why are you creating in the first place? Yes, for your own healing, but it's greater than you. It's bigger than you. And the best thing, like I've performed Love Me Live already. And the reception, people were like, I felt so good about myself after I heard that. And I even, I stopped my song because I I had like reverb on because like I wanted reverb for Tsunami. And I was like, and it, I couldn't hear myself. And I was like, hold on, can we run this back? I'm like, I need to start this again for you because it wasn't right. And I'm like, I know sometimes like that's like, but I just wanted them to have to experience the song with the feeling that it needed yeah. to have the energy. And I was distracted by the reverb. So I couldn't give it to them. Yeah. And then they came up and said, like, it made me feel so good about myself and, you know, other musicians, good feedback, constructive criticism, like, Oh, something needs to change with either your voice or the tracking. And it just like, and it, it messes with you. Like whenever you hear so much of that sometimes in there, meanwhile, I only mean well, but you have to go for who it's for the consumer, mm-hmm. not you, not other musicians. Cause we're all just going to find something cause we are hypercritical or, you know, but it's for who it's actually for is what you have to flip. Yep. And if that makes any sense, I No, for.
0: it makes perfect. It makes absolutely <laughs> perfect sense.
1: Oh,
0: uh, one thing that I did want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. So I noticed for mistress, you had a uh, music video for it
1: so there's a big story around that i have decided i had a whole vision for that that and i had you know the assistance of a friend jessica Loring, and i would say that because of the weather Mm -hmm. none of it (laughs) turned out like i wanted it to (laughs) maybe the beach scene um mostly but actually my makeup wasn't supposed to be all um, messed up because I was doing, I was supposed to have a backbend out all the water. Like right. I got super fit for this. I practiced the backbend, but the beach was too slanted and my top was falling off and I lost a nail. I lost an eyelash. Okay. And you cannot do makeup when you're wet and it's freezing cold. And I was like starting to get like hypothermia signs. Cause my friend is also a nurse.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like a mess. Yeah. Okay. I was so grateful for everybody that was in it and helped out and, you know, but I'm still proud of myself from executing, but mm-hmm. like, I think that I've grown so much since then that now that I'm like, I want to do another video, but I'm waiting for when I get the reception from people where they really want something. And I'm going to do mm-hmm. more homemade things with yeah. my phone. I've been studying and like accruing pieces and i love to edit things (laughs) like like you can do a lot with these iphones now that three camera thing on the back like let me tell you like and i want to get the audience involved like i'm very excited about it but i I just need a new one
0: yeah i I was really mad because i'd brought up about switching over my phone provider i was like yes that means i can upgrade my phone and it's not going to be like a thousand dollar investment right off the bat (laughs) so I went to T-Mobile where the provider I was switching over to and they didn't have any iPhone 13s. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I'm a filmmaker. So anything that that iPhone can do, I know how to do in an actual camera, but just having that iPhone in my hand and just
1: I so want the iPhone 13 because I love like photos and visuals. Like that's another creative passion. I wish I could like do photography.
0: <laughs> with, with the iPhone. Like, I mean, I feel really weird saying this because it's like, I make my, like, I can't stand when people call themselves like mm-hmm. commercial producers and they show up with an iPhone, like for whatever reason that just drives me nuts. Right. Because it's like, Oh, I I spent, $40,000 in That's schooling
1: and all that. And
0: you know? then like another ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 in all my camera gear. And you're going to come in with a freaking thousand dollar phone and.
1: The Technology. And it is the user. Like it yeah. really is. And if you know, like, if someone's good at it, like it's really quite astounding. We have all of the tools. We have too much information now. We have all the tools and all the resources Mm-hmm. Not thank you yeah. um and to do well it's just it's almost too much like yep. it's like information overload it's like yep. oh gosh
0: you know oh completely agree so um so for the music video for mistress mm-hmm. not quite what you wanted that's
1: no and it's not like it's it's just literally was like because we had to make last minute plans because of the weather yeah. and so i had these visions and i don't have a great budget so it's not like yeah that i could have been more creative with things and i'm very proud of it still because i think everybody did their absolute best and like like yeah. My dancer, Rowan and and such, my makeup artist and felt like I could just, you know, tell everybody um, who they are because I'm so grateful for them. And they really came through like, I mean that a thousand percent. It's nothing that anyone executed. It's variables beyond control. (laughs) Like that's literally what it was. And it was like, we even had one night where I did makeup and, you know, paid for makeup and then it was raining and couldn't use it and oh yeah and you know that's no one's fault it was just like it was like the universe was like i don't know like fighting back with me so much and i now learned i will film just about everything indoors or in one day yeah (laughs)
2: completely
0: understood (laughs) i'm still waiting like i've had this several every it seems like every song that I hear that I get inspired to do a music video for Mm -hmm. is like a song that's been out for five years and the artist it's like for whatever reason it I just heard it for the first time and it inspired me and I want to do a music video and they're like oh that was like three albums ago and I'm like
1: but some of the best music like Lizzo like truth hurts. Like if you yeah. hear the story behind that, because I f- I found some of her older stuff. I even found another artist. I can't remember her name. It's, the song is called "Trying Not to Love You." Mm-hmm. Um, that she was collaborating with, and it's kind of interesting how it works. Because it's always something that you, it's always something that you think isn't gonna work. Because like of course, I have my issues with all of my creations. Yeah person does if they tell you they don't I don't think they're being truthful and honest
0: they didn't really make it they didn't have any creative (laughs) input on it
1: right and it's you know at the time I'm 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 always going to be proud of what I did but it's always like I'm always going to see oh what could I have changed and made better what could I have had a better idea for (laughs) and and it's just you know how it is because like people were enthralled with like the mistress video like they were and I was like really (laughs) because <laughs> like, yeah. i'm like i'm looking at myself i'm like look at my face that's <laughs> i'm watching it like you know and it's because i know like i went on the stairs it was freestyled you know we're like yeah. well, what are we were able to get a good night and i'm like just on the stairs like this <laughs> yeah.
0: but i will say what i did enjoy about mistress music video
1: uh-huh.
0: is it doesn't look like your typical indie music video like it looks like
1: a good music video oh because the um the videographer is sergio um lorenzana he's super mm-hmm. super still and he's won an emmy and everything
2: yeah.
1: i'll tell you words he's very very good and a good guy so yeah. he really worked with everything like i said it was just like it was making last minute plans is what it yeah. was yeah because and i,
0: I mean. and i completely get that but it just what i really enjoyed about it was you know you, you see some of these independent music videos and it's you you can tell they did it on a low budget like that it was just you know it is what it is but this music video I just kind of watched it and I was like wait does she, she have a 100 million followers and I just don't know it or and
1: oh, no I, that's a funny thing like that was a strange phenomenon I noticed recently because I think I, I grew up in the time when artists were untouchable. Mm-hmm. And now we, it's more, and which is better to be accessible
2: mm-hmm.
1: and know more. So I always idolize kind of seeing an artist, not really knowing the artist, and they're like an entity. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to have that, like actually Louisa is my middle name.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My mother gave it to me and she passed from cancer. So Charlene is my first name. So it was like separation for me so I could get into, but now everybody calls me Lou so I'm not really sure, you know, like who I am. <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, other artists get the short and certain yeah. version. And um, I just, I wanted everything. I want it to be good, you mm-hmm. know? And I want it to be a good product. And, and that's why I was really proud of it because everybody did really come through. It was things that I would have done in my own calls. like And even with the weather, like, like, oh, I could have come up with this, you know, but I don't see, they don't have the foresight for it until later on. And it's not, it was just one of those things. It was a learning experience, mm-hmm. how to handle weather. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that though. I'm very particular about being away.
0: <laughs> so uh- music video for tsunami maybe maybe not or
1: i might do a homemade one um i kind of okay so what i'm trying to do is i have plans for other ones um because mm-hmm. i actually do the dance and i really want to start showcasing that more yeah i did a little bit of choreography in mistress at the end yeah. um but maybe with tsunami yeah I've, I've been thinking of reaching out to some people but for It's more so like if people want it, I kind of want to go by what fans say. And but love me, I kind of want to get a lot of people involved. You know, I have I have big dreams.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep, a hundred percent, hundred percent agree. You know, it it, it's good to have big dreams and big aspirations because it keeps you moving forward Mm
1: -hmm. and keeps
0: striving. I'm gonna
1: write that down. Yeah,
0: Um, but like as far as like where are you or creativity, where are you kind of at now creatively?
1: Oh, so I'm on a new kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm judging my creation a lot less and um, I'm not afraid to to swear. Like maybe some people aren't okay with that because um, I was very nervous about it. I am a mother mm-hmm. and I have little girls that really look up to me, which was, you know, interesting to me because it's hard to see yourself in that perspective. And I'm realizing that it's okay to be in your artistic expression and because I grew up with that immigrant mentality. Right. And so now I feel like I'm experimenting with vocal phrasing with things that I talk about um, the way that I say it and just being much more unapologetic and um, experimenting with more inhibitive vocals and, and things and just throwing things in there that are just, different in different sounds and so not being afraid to still have sonic relevance per se, as they like to put into the terms today, but being exactly who I am, which is a hybrid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and embracing it. Yeah. And I had to, I had to hit 30 for that to happen. And
0: then, um, So let's talk about Mm -hmm. mental health because you'd brought that up earlier. And I think (laughs) early on during the pandemic, I was making um, a point to talk about it because obviously with like the really tough lockdowns and being in the news business, it seemed like every other day we were talking about cops getting called in because somebody committed suicide somewhere. And then obviously with musicians in general, you have, like, when you're playing live shows, you're making yourself so emotionally vulnerable on a nightly basis, weekly, ba- like, however often you're playing. That not a lot of musicians have that coping mechanism to kind of bring themselves back.
1: Yeah. So good. No, I was thinking that's what's so hard about it. it releasing your art is because it's so personal. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I wanted to do fun stuff. Yeah. You know.
0: Um, How do you kind of deal with your like the being so vulnerable and your mental health? What are some of the ways you deal with your mental health?
1: Therapy. (laughs) I was out for a bit, Um, and I was I was able to get back in. But that's the main thing. I hike in the woods. I have to get into nature. Um, sometimes i just go for a drive and I have no destination. I just drive and working out recently. That's been a struggle with my body, yeah. but I also need people. It's weird. Cause I'm introverted, but like, I need to talk to people. <laughs> so I, um, I struggle really bad. Like, I'm. I think mental health is a huge issue for me. I'll ride waves and yeah. it's been worse since Lyme disease. I feel like it changed my brain chemistry because one day I'll just have no idea why I just feel so like heavy and hopeless. And then the next I'm fine, but I believe in being authentic and telling people. I just spoke with uh, one of my band members. I'm gonna be in a cover band here and found out a really amazing opportunity. And we were just like honest about where we're at, just having coffee with someone, like I can't even tell you how healing that is um, and expressing and then sharing with people and them sharing things back. You know, I don't have some special fancy routine. I wish I did more affirmations. I'm not great at that. But for me, it's connection. And it, that's why I love being an artist because when someone tells you, like, when someone says, your song made me feel good about myself, like, I can't even tell you what that feels like. Like, it makes me teary eyed now. Like, I'm such a sap. <laughs> like, and, Cause it's about connecting. Like, I think it's, that's when I reach out and try and find people because just about everybody else is going to tell you they're in the same position and somehow just sharing that you're there in that space. I don't know. It's healing, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, for both of you.
0: Yeah. I've (laughs) I've been, you know, trying to find my way of dealing with everything. Obviously with my mom passing away not too long ago, And just like all that, like just real heavy stuff going on. But for some reason this week, it feels like I really turned a corner and I don't even know what I've done differently for myself, whether it's just kind of, I've kind of took a step back and just, you know, just kind of reevaluated everything. Or if it's just, I'm taking more quiet time for myself. Like, I don't know, whatever yesterday morning I woke up and a friend of mine messaged me and asked me how I was doing I was like I don't know I feel a lot better than I have in a really long time yeah and so I don't know if I just happened to get like really good sleep that night and that's all I needed
1: actually you drive a really good point so there's a lot of things there obviously I'm not some type of professional, but things that I've learned from my anecdotal experience, let me, you know, as a fitness professional, I feel like I have to always (laughs) say that. Um, Nutrition can play a big role, how much sunlight you're getting. And it it really is like humans, we need people. And that's why the pandemic affected people so much. Cause even if we're introverted or just silence, our devices (laughs) cause us depression. Like it's, it's, it's really kind of crazy. And even if you think of someone else and you check in with them, how much better you feel. And it sounds like, so like self-serving, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. And losing a parent, I will say, having lost both of mine, I feel for you. It's so you do this. And sometimes music is a trigger with my dad. I hear America play. Venture yeah. happily was his favorite song. And I fall like a freaking baby. I can be in public, and I'm like, gotta go. You know, like I just, it's, it's so, it's not going to be linear. But it's like one day, it's like you just kind of find soul peace, and you realize, well, this is reality. Yeah. And you can accept it. So I feel for you. I really do.
0: And actually, just kind of thinking about it right now, I realized what I had done. I just like, literally, as you were speaking, I realized what I had done. What was that? I did two things that I hadn't ever done. I went through my voicemail and I had a voicemail left over from my mother from six months ago, like before she was diagnosed and we knew anything was wrong. And the voicemail said, Hey, sorry, I missed your call. I'll call you back later. Love you. Bye. That's all the voicemail was. Right. And then because how the iPhone is set up, it shows you all those pictures that are connected to that number. Like, you know?
2: Yeah. And
0: so then the last picture I have of my mother is from father's day, which is really weird, but ride with me on this one. (laughs) I was down there. We went out to breakfast. And I was just sitting there looking at the photo and I was looking at my mom and I'm like, she looks so miserable in this photo. Oh my. So like just looking at this photo, I'm like, she looks like she just wants to go. Like mm-hmm. she's hunched over. She lo- she'd lost like 40 pounds. And at her most, she was maybe a buck 10. Anyways, so like just so frail and
2: yeah,
0: you know, that. And I was just looking at it and I'm like, you know, it sucks that she's not here, but it was time. Like she was, she had just checked out. Like you could tell, you could see it on her. And I went to bed right before I went to bed. I have this pillow that I bought her to get her through chemo. Mm-hmm. And I said, good night, mom. Went to bed. I woke up yesterday. I felt like a million
1: bucks. I've done similar things. You yeah. know, I have. I understand I still have a text chain from my dad. It was 2017 and I will not delete it. Yeah. I sniff his hat, the scent, it's still barely there. Yeah. <laughs> sounds crazy. And I have video of him talking to me um, in hospice. And he had asked me, did I make the right decision? His baby. And my dad was like kind of totalitarian. So for him to say that was like, wow. And but in the video, like you can see his bags and they're full of his colon was bleeding, like blood and everything. And somehow that kind of because when you're in it, because he still had treatment options available. But if I, you know, actually he was literally in chemo 247. If I think about it now being rational. Yeah what hell to go through. There's no other way to say it. And I look at that now and I'm like, Oh my, yeah, he definitely like, he deserved a break. And we have a note that, you know, he wrote me and my sister's a personal note and just a beautiful sending us wishes for the rest of our lives. And I'll go and look at that. And I look at him and my daughter, cause they were like this and listen to music and it, and it does, it helps so much And when I want to give up on music, yeah. I think of that conversation, you know, and I think about him being like, why'd you ever quit? You know, it's, it's funny, but it does help mm-hmm. a lot.
0: It really did. And then I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm going to continue to feel this way moving forward, but all I know is other than my sinuses being on fire this morning. Oh, no because it, it's that weird time of year where the leaves are falling and the ponds, right? Yeah. I'm in Texas. Okay,
1: I'm trying to think. So you're wearing like Joanna Gaines and all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, Cause my friends in Paris. Texas. Okay. Is that far from you?
0: I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've heard of, Par- I've heard of Paris. Okay. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the weather. I've never been to Texas. So.
0: Well, the, The bad thing about where I'm at in Texas is the allergens depend on what way the wind is blowing.
2: Okay. (laughs) So,
0: Like, you you know, because we're kind of like right in the middle, we're in a, like essentially a dust bowl for the most part. And so like, if you're like beach allergies, you get that blown up from the South or you can have just like dry dander coming down from the plains of like Oklahoma Kansas Nebraska, you know just all that stuff and it just really depends on what way the wind's blowing
1: That sounds really interesting to be yeah. there like never been there I've never left the East Coast how sad is that? <laughs>
0: you try it like I mean <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things where going back to Chicago I had for the longest time, I would leave, or my family and I, we would leave to go on vacations for like a few days a week, but it was never anything more than that. And then we'd go right back to Chicago. And I lived in Chicago for 22 years, you know, and then I went away to college and it was only a six hour trip to go away. And it was one of those steps where I was like, oh, hey, there is life outside of my comfort zone.
1: Yeah, I know. I feel like I feel like our childhood must have been so similar because yeah. like my dad took us to the same places, yep. and he always wanted to do the same things. And he yep. didn't want to go to the beach, and he didn't want to go to Disney World, and he didn't want to do any of that stuff. And I felt like such a weird child because, like, it's not like my dad couldn't; he was just like so stuck in his place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And I like, I mean, there was the couple times we went to Disney. We went to like, when we'd go down to Orlando, we'd go to Disney. Cool. But nine times out of 10, we were going down to Kentucky Lake and we were going to go camping for reason. <laughs> oh no. Like,
1: and, am I doing this to my town?
0: <laughs> well, no, it, it was like, I enjoy it. Like uh, last year around this time, I actually, I think it was probably last weekend this time last year because I started seeing some of the photos pop up on my Facebook memories. Um, We went to not specifically where we used to go, but we went to the lake and it was just like, Oh, this just kind of feels like home. Like, you
1: know,
0: not your real home, but like just familiar, I guess is the best way to.
1: I know that that's camp for us up home. And, um, But it's a little different now because they have cell phone service now. And I always loved that they didn't have cell phone service. And, you know, they're putting in all kinds of stuff. And, you know, nobody's alive anymore. So it's almost kind of like sad now. Like I like to go, I love the smells. Some smells in Virginia Beach and the woods are similar, which is odd. But I I know what you mean. Like I do. Like if I feel like I want to get close to my mom and dad, I want to go where there's a similar smell, like limbic system, right? Like, yeah.
2: You know,
0: it's one of those things where I don't even know where that would be anymore because it seems like we went so many places and I associate things with my mom, like so many different things with my mom, Mm -hmm. but it like right now is that perfect time of year because me and her, we connected over football several years ago, like (laughs) outside of being mother son, it was every su- or every Saturday night, Sunday morning. Hey, the bears are playing. What do you know about this team? And she was getting into some football pool or, you know, <laughs> confidence pool. And she's like, Hey, the lions are playing Tampa Bay. What do you think? And, you know, it, it was just like this really weird connection. So I don't know.
1: I get it. I do. Yeah. My dad and I did not watch sports, but we had our own thing. So we connected Actually music. Yeah. We shared. I was listening to a lot of alternative um, mm-hmm. and like indie. Like I love like Glass Animals and Alt J and things like that. And um, my dad would like send me because he was old school. He because he never got an actual cell phone. He only had a track phone, <laughs> and he sends me flash drives in the mail of music. <laughs> and I I'll put them in sometimes to like feel close to him, but he yeah. would just. He'd be like, here, listen to this, babe. He always called me babe. And he like, it would be songs that he recorded from his little thing on the radio in his car that he drove to 250,000 miles and kept getting it repaired because this is who he
2: was.
0: (laughs) He's a funny guy. (laughs) I, You know, like, I mean, I think just music in general is a very connective piece of art like yeah. generations connect over music and it's like mm-hmm. my mom she's the reason i listen to rock music like mm-hmm. like that's what i'm into now or well not all that i'm into but you know that's mainly what i listen to now because when we were young i was had a friend that gave me a sticks album and she's like oh you listen you like sticks and i'm like yeah and she's like here listen to these bands and it was like ccr jethro Tull, you know just like all these things and so yeah and i I remember this one day i came back from high school or came back from school and i had made this compilation album in computer class like it was a computer we were doing like powerpoint i don't remember exactly but i made a compilation album and the first song on the cd i was like I put it in the car and the first song on the CD was uh Duhast by Rammstein it had, like this German metal band. And I put it in and I forgot that my mom is half German and she knew a little bit of German because she had taken German through high school and I put the album in and she's like, Why are we listening to a- listening to a song called I Hate You?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. like, so sorry that was really random but
1: no it's okay the, this is how my brain works like yeah. i would say it makes me an excellent musician but like awful at getting through life because i'm like oh look at squirrel look yeah at like, oh, let's man. talk about this <laughs> let's
0: talk about this but um so just kind of moving forward w- what does your schedule look like through the rest of the year are you starting to do shows or what does your show so, schedule look like coming up
1: i had a couple of lines but um honestly I might do a few here and there that yeah. for my independent artistry. But honestly, what I really want to do is really build quite the catalog,
2: mm-hmm.
1: go hard, which I've started to do, and then come out, like say December, and come out. Mm-hmm. You know, like because I feel like trying to do all of it at once has not been serving me well. I'd rather come out and just focus real hard and have several records and then come out like, so if there's a show here and there, I will. I, I did a couple recently and, but I feel like it would benefit me more. And, um, it's the, so my dad had AML it's the lymphoma leukemia and lymphoma society in Mm -hmm. October. It's a two mile run each day, 72 miles challenge in October, I'm doing it. I also have a fundraiser on my Facebook, you know, something I'm passionate about and I'm going to use it. Cause when I was teaching kickboxing, my voice was getting crazy good. Cause it's mm-hmm. so beneficial to do cardio and sing at the same time. So I'm like, I feel like I'm just going to like practice my dance, get my health back on track. I'd flared a bit recently and then really worry about the shows and just come out like as a force. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I never wanted to be one of those just like I wanted to do it all like yeah. so it's a good time to sharpen my skills and get back but I am gigging I did a couple gigs recently as an acoustic duo sold out uh BB, Virginia Beach and nice. um like amazing crazy talented musicians that have really cool resumes like that I get to work with and we start vocal rehearsal Sunday so we're going to be gigging and then I found out I have an amazing amazing opportunity next fall um with I'll speak on it more when I know what I could say what I can you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just, like so excited and I'm gonna use that time to practice my skills study other artists like I I do like Chaka Khan sweet thing and her phrasing is so crazy and I'm like you know just the way she does it "Mm -hmm." and like the way she does it "Mm -hmm." she slides into it and then she cuts it off and so like I'm like Studying that, and I feel like it's the perfect time to sharpen my skills and then come out in like December. Yeah, stupid. Like, Who is she? Where'd she come from?
0: <laughs> I think 2022 is going to be a really good year for musicians because you know, like 2020 was obviously bad because of COVID, everything was shut down, and then like, as we started coming into 2021, it was yeah. like, oh, things are getting better, we could start planning, and then things started getting worse. and people stopped taking it first, like they stopped planning so far ahead mm-hmm. because it was like, Oh, well, why am I going to take this show? It's going to get canceled. You know, like, yeah, I think that started being the mindset for a lot of musicians, but now I'm starting to see the reverse happen where there any big opportunity they get in 2022, they're going to take it just because it's like, yeah' you know, like it's time. We, that's really
1: what I'd rather do. Like I do a couple of like gigging things and such, and I'll use it to get you know built work on confidence and accrue um, people that might like me personally too mm-hmm. as an artist and so I think that's just kind of really want really where I want to go and because I find it too hard for me to you know wear multiple hats and because I also do. I don't necessarily work the buttons, maybe at home. I do a little bit, but I'm also like producing stuff at the yeah. same time. So it's a lot to wear all of those hats and be a mother. And then like coming personal training is creative of in and of itself. And like, Nope, yeah. oh, they got this thing going on now. How do we change the programming? You know? it's yeah. like A lot of brain power. So yeah. I feel like it would better serve me to really practice my dancing, work on my voice and, um, you know, do what I can now, like always start, but not wait. Right. Oh my God. I got to book shows. No, that's not it. Yeah. You know, I got with that catalog. <laughs> I'm no, I'm
0: <laughs> so you're obviously really, really busy pack schedule, but really motivated. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you going?
1: Um, having been seen what it's like to have it taken away. Um, And when I, I'll talk to my husband when I'm really feeling low. There's so many times I want to give up. Like, um, to be transparent, I deal with it all the time. Friends who fill me and know one to reach out and tell me. But what keeps me going is that and knowing that there was a time where I didn't have a choice. And how silly would I be to not take advantage of a second chance? Because And when I mean it, when I say, I couldn't even read a screen,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I would get so dizzy and I would see double. So noise was too much. Uh, It it would make me feel like I was like sensory overload, like I was going to pass out. So the fact that I can do all of this again, my vocal cords were dysfunctioning. I'm singing better than ever. And I am driving a car again. I'm not stuck on the couch all day. I go up and down. I do, but like, I would be so dumb not to see that as a sign that this is what I'm supposed to be doing in life. You know, (laughs) I
2: mean,
1: not many people with Lyme disease are blessed like that. I know so many people where we got sick around the same time and I started getting a lot better and they never did. So, you know, there's, there's, got to be greater purpose and then when you've given the platform you have to find the ways you need to use it
0: absolutely absolutely what advice would you give to a musician that's at that point of wanting to give up or just thinking that you know like i i've gone as far as i can go
1: so one thing that someone told me and I think it's the best advice ever. A, there's you know, fan base for everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: B, the only difference between someone who is um, objectively successful and who isn't is the one who is successful just didn't quit. They have probably tripled the amount of failures of the person that did quit. There is no difference. It's just they kept going. So you have to realize too, and when you ruffle people's feathers, that means you're onto something. So if you make people uncomfortable, there's a reason. <laughs> like, you know, if people have a lot to say, it means you're stirring something up in them. And you should never live for other people's feelings and such. And because usually a musician wants to give up whenever they're feeling like there's a lot of noise and people are saying, Oh, well, we're not very good or you're it's not going to work for you because people project their own things. And it's almost never about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of reading on this and a lot of work and it's, um, just, you know, if it's something that's true to your heart, there's a reason it's placed in your heart. You know, you're given a gift for a reason. Like I certainly can't, um, do brain surgery mm-hmm. we have people on this planet gifted with that and those skills and that intelligence for a reason you know everyone plays a role so you're given it for a reason you're not crazy for wanting to do it and it's absolutely feasible to make incomes just get creative with streams of income
0: absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. well i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know <laughs> you would asked how long this was going to go <laughs> I and i hate it I hate it when people ask that, because I feel like if I say, oh, you know, it's this long and it doesn't end up being that long.
1: Listen, it, I know I talk a lot.
2: So. <laughs> but, you know,
0: here's the difference. Like talking a lot and it being an impactful conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I'm going to go back. I don't usually listen to my own podcast because I hate the sound of my voice. I think we I all guarantee you <laughs> I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to this because there's stuff that we talked about that in the moment i knew how to respond to it but it didn't hit me like the way it will when i go back and listen to it as a listener
1: that's beautiful i love that because that's what it's about you know like ideally even if i use illusions i really want the music to be like that Hmm. you know it's so important i'm very i'm a very prolific type person
0: (laughs) completely understood but um If people want to check out your music or any upcoming shows, you know, like kind of want to keep up with you and what you got going on, where's the best place for them to do that?
1: So The most succinct way to find me would be um, Instagram Hmm. because I have a link tree there. It has a website. It has, um, you know, the major streaming platforms. It's always Luisa. And if I'm on a platform, you know, TikTok, Twitter, anything, it's always going to be Luisa Sings for consistency. <laughs> I wanted it to be a little more creative, but you know, um, I am, of course, on Facebook and everything, but that's the best way. So you can go right into that link tree and every major link that you might want to find me on is going to be right there.
0: Awesome. What's your favorite social media
2: platform?
1: Uh, yeah, Millennial. I love Instagram. I'm trying to understand TikTok, but <laughs> I love pretty things. <laughs>
0: I, it took me so long to even just open up to Instagram.
2: Yeah. Like
0: I, 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 it, for whatever reason, I just kind of invested so hard into Facebook.
1: I do I had, like too, though. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I became it's so, so one dimensional on my social media <laughs> platforms and I noticed that, Oh wait, I need to diversify my life a little bit.
1: You need to know where your listeners are. And I actually think that, like, I'm a clapper too. And I was surprised the engagement I was getting on there, but I've just like, I get overwhelmed. And I need to do TikTok more when I actually do give it effort. Like, I find people that I know are going to be good listeners. So it's just my daughter, she's 10, she just turned 10, and she like totally understands everything. She makes these amazing edits. And I'm like, this is like a film thing. I'm like, who are you? And I'm like, can you show me? I'm a 10 year old.
2: It's so bad. And
1: I'm just, you know,
0: I'm going to change your world right now. Okay. This is going to sound insane, but just roll with me on it. LinkedIn.
1: Oh dude, I have that. I know. And I know that I should be because I take all of the I'm sorry, I get excited. I took all of the courses, like and um I took this amazing course by the fame hackers and I was getting connections and Clubhouse brought me some cool stuff, but then I got overwhelming, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and-
0: well the only reason I didn't get involved heavily on Clubhouse is because like I, I did Clubhouse. I went on a couple of the, the rooms or the chats or whatever it is you call mm-hmm. it. Um uh, and just the functionality just seemed like a feature that anybody else could put on their platform. So like, you'll see, you see now it's on Facebook or I don't, it's not on Instagram yet, but it's on Twitter, you know, just like, it, it feels like a feature, not its own platform.
1: I think the thing that was the appeal was the um, exclusivity. Is that how you would say it? Um, oh yeah. Like, you know, someone gave me an invite, which I was thankful for, cause I really did meet like. I met the guy who um mixed the Kanye album <laughs> and, and I, and I got to watch him. Like he was obviously successful, like blow up and like, that was cool. And I met um some DJ on BBC radio and, oh my gosh, I was supposed to cut a demo for him. And I just like, I was in dealing with my own insecurities at the time. I really want to work with him. He's doing well over in the UK, like really cool connections. And that's not even, who did love me? Uh, the producer I met him on there, and it was really cool, but it did get like super kind of overwhelming. And then you know, it's great for finding your fan base, though. Yeah, you have to
0: absolutely engage. And I still get alerts, but now I'm starting to realize or starting to notice that they're coming more from Twitter. Mm, so,
1: really use Twitter, like, I've never. I say a lot on Facebook, like if you actually know me, you're going to see, you're my friend now. Um, I basically like, I love clapbacks and, okay. um, silly things. And I like to, I like to make jokes. Like I love comedy. No, <laughs>
0: so- you know, it's my favorite thing to do on Instagram right now, because yes. it's very prevalent and common every time I post something on Instagram is you get those robo, uh, yeah. oh. from Promote your promote this in, in front of five million people or whatever. And so it's always for some fake record company. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I love going into those or going into that comment and roasting them.
2: Me too.
0: <laughs> my, like there was this one. Oh, I <laughs> listeners of this podcast are tired of me telling this story, but it's such an amazing story. There was. It wasn't even on my profile, but a buddy, uh, a new band that had just started. So they were just trying to get there. Mm-hmm. They were all musicians that had been playing for a while, but they decided to form like a mega band or some whatever you want to call it. And so they're promoting a show, and they got the this person that was like, "Hey, promote your thing! Five million fans at and the the Instagram handle was Hot Rope Records." And I'm like, perfect. Ah, I see you're getting hit up by hot rope records. I wonder how many careers they've hung out to dry. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so then the person that posted it messaged me It's like, Oh, are you interested in advertising? And I'm like, Oh, geez.
2: Yes. I
1: don't know. <laughs> I, you have to though. It's like, it's so, I'm like, if you're going to do this to me and you're going to waste my time. Like, I'm just treating you how you treat me. Like, I'm going to waste your time. So I get on there and I'm like, they sent a link. And so then I, I, I the link I tagged was funny cat memes. And then like, we were going back <laughs> and I was like, if you're going to do this. And then like, I, I'll say funny things intentionally. And some, I hope that my followers see it. Cause I do think it highlights my personality cause that's yeah. truly who I am. You know, like yeah. there's a serious kind of sensual artistry side. And then there's like, Oh yeah, no. In real life, like if you're my friend, I'm gonna like yeah. I hear them as soon as somebody says something. I hear a clap back, and it's like it hurts. I have to hold it in. Yeah. And, like it's just like if you're just gonna do that. Like I had, um, I think a trafficker the other day, yeah. and I almost sent him the FBI address when he asked for my address. Like I was so tempted, but then I was like, maybe he could actually track me down, so I shouldn't make him mad. But I was gonna be like, yeah, send me the clothes. Here's my address. And then, like, I was like, "Oh, yeah,
0: that's who I am." My, my <laughs> favorite thing is when you get those. Uh, f- there was a point there where you we were getting phone calls, like mm-hmm. the uh, ad. Somebody was trying to hack into your computer. Basically, the basic scam was he was trying to hack into your computer, and so he, like, I knew the number because it would always call. They would always call from some random city in New York or some random borough in New York, and. So whenever I saw that, be like, cool, I'm in the mood to screw with somebody. <laughs> I would answer it. it would, he'd be like, hello, is this Mr. Quiot? Or, you know, like just horribly butcher my last name. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, he would call me by my dad. It was, it's always my dad's name for whatever reason. They have my dad's in my dad's name, but my phone number.
1: That's creepy. And
0: so I'd be like, yeah, what's up? And they'd be like, your computer is under attack. We need your um, something, something firewall. We need, a- we need you to go to your, p-. they'd always say Microsoft machine.
1: Oh, Microsoft.
0: Yeah, they would say Microsoft machine. And I was like, a Microsoft machine? I only work with Apple. What Microsoft machine are you seeing? And they're like, uh, 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 and then they'd hang up. Like, like, and I mean, I'm not lying. I have only Apple products. I haven't (laughs) had a PC in, you know, quite some time, but, you know, just like having that ability to screw with them. is.
1: I just want to be like, oh my, really? What do I do? You know, like, and just (laughs) like, and then give them all this fake information. Like I've, I got a hairdresser thing. I've, one person kept booking an appointment through my, in Jacksonville, through my telephone number. And so then I'd reschedule it and cancel it. No lie. (laughs) I did that. I was, like, I was like, stop fucking with my phone number. So if you're going to keep doing that, then
0: I'm going to mess with you. <laughs> and I had one guy, he was trying to get, Eric. he was asking for a good number to contact me, but he had called me on my phone. So it was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh and so God. I gave him, or he had asked me for a good number to contact me. And I gave him the number for 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. <laughs> Love it. And he's like, how do you spell that? And I'm like, (laughs) and I just hung up at that. When he asked me how to spell it, I was like, all right, you obviously are completely lost or have not a clue.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. And then you feel bad for messing with them, but it's, I don't know. That brings me great joy. I'm not really sure what it says about me. Right.
0: (laughs) I love it. I, I like, I don't do it on Instagram that much anymore, just because it, it gets to a point where reality records how many different jokes can i say about reality records before
1: right yeah and it might put you in the algorithm weird and so like that's another reason that i've tried not to engage with it too much now like because i'm like oh this might be detrimental to me yeah but do you know joe lysett i have to ask you before we go do you know who joe lysett is no i don't he's a british um, comedian and i highly recommend you check him out because he does stuff like that oh my gosh he's so funny
0: Nice. Yeah, wait he's not the guy that pretends to be an old woman no. i don't
1: know that but he's like he said one time about a parking ticket and he had a sign said, i'm on the coast of his soul and like he's like i'm sorry i can't do this and he messes with them and then he had something about a cat but it really wasn't a cat and like he's just he's so funny he's so witty and quick-witted like i'm telling you look up some of his stuff when we get off and the one about the apartment like he messes with scammers and people right back joe likes like he's you'll lose it. If you like to mess with people, you're going to be a fan. like. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm already, I have not seen anything he's done, but I'm already a fan.
1: Yeah. You're going to, it's, oh, it's so funny. You're going to die with laughter.
0: (laughs) I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. So it's been an absolutely amazing podcast. I can't believe we've gone for an hour and a half already. It's so funny because I originally just booked that hour and a half as, okay, it takes a half hour. Cool. I've got an hour free in my schedule to go. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. But early on, I would try and force podcasts to go an hour and a half because I like the longer formats. Right. And then you, you run into these situations where after 20 minutes, we're sitting here talking about nothing, you know, it's <laughs> just like, so American Idol, what are your thoughts, <laughs> you know? But no, it, just when it's moving, it's moving. I love it. I always want to make sure I'm not wasting somebody's time. Oh, so. Thank you
1: for the platform. And like, if there's any moments for any way that I can assist with my artistry and platform to assist in anything, like, let me know and reach out. I'm here. You have yes, my contact information. Yes, I do. It's wonderful to meet you.
0: Yep, Lovely to meet you as well. And, you know, it's, it was a blast sitting here chatting with you and I'm going to go listen to more of your music and Thank just, you. Find, <laughs> you
2: know,
0: I've listened to what you have on Spotify, but I'm going to go just start diving deep and seeing what else I can find. What's on
1: those voices? And give me your opinion on anything you think I should make will I'll, Cause I archive stuff a lot. I'm definitely an artist. I'm like, Oh, I'll show eh, I'll take it off. And it, like, I
0: <laughs> I've done that before where there's a lot of stuff that it's like, Oh, this doesn't meet this isn't live and amplified. It was like stuff that I'd done in the past. And now it's like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have deleted it.
1: I, know. I archive and unarchive all the time. I'm like, I'm so moody. I'm such a Pisces. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so well, once again, thank you so much for sitting down and chat with me. It's been an absolute yeah. blast. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later.
2: Bye.